0: Back to days of
1: the new I Am Nick. This is Kevin. Kevin, how you feeling this week? I'm actually feeling pretty good uh, until I sat down and listened to this album. Why do we do this on the weekends? Why do we end our weekend like this? We keep fucking doing this every single time and I have to start Monday feeling like shit. That's because you're down with the sickness.
0: (laughs) Oh Jesus. In case you were wondering. I want to talk about some freaky shit now. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so this episode, um, we are, uh, well, this episode was inspired by a tweet. So last week, a tweet went, like, semi-viral from somebody named Moist Critical, and uh, the quote is, that part in Down With The Sickness where he calls his mom a bitch for 50 seconds is still the goofiest shit in music. We're going to talk all about that 50 seconds, but also the just general goofiness That is Disturbed. It's the right word. This is a band that if you look at them, they want you to think they are tough as shit. But they just keep doing silly things on this record. So we're going to talk about their first record, The Sickness. Are you
1: ready, Kevin? When I was listening to this album, I listened to a lot of it as I was doing errands in my car. And the one thing that kept occurring to me was like, if I got hit by a semi right now this would be the last album i'd hear and i got like real scared and real sad uh, understandably i uh i hate that there was a time in my life
0: where um this record meant a lot to be and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit uh in the meantime though do you do you have your beer and your brown liquor i have uh actually foregone the beer look at that glass of brown that's liquor. a solid four fingers
1: Yeah, I don't have the beer. I just doubled up the brown liquor. I'm ready. Let's go. Let me uh, get on your level. But
0: to be honest, I've been day drinking all day, so let's see how this goes. (laughs) 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 Disturbed was formed in Chicago in 1994. This is the very town where Kevin and I met before student loans and shit wages made us grow up and move the fuck out. Yep. Fuck a friendship. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, guitarist Dan Donegan, drummer Mike Wendgren, and bassist Steve Fuzz. Come Yes, his name was Fuzz. I met Fuzz once. Don't have anything to say about it. Anyway, these fellows were in a band called Brawl that needed a singer, so they posted an ad in the Illinois Entertainer. Now, let me tell you a little bit about that magazine. Illinois Entertainer is on every newsstand, in every dive bar, venue, CD store, and guitar shop in Northern Illinois, and it was my everything as a young music in the Chicago suburbs. (laughs) You could post ads for bandmates like these guys did, or you could see the listing for like every venue and their monthly show lineup. We would cold call the shit out of all of those venues to try and land shows. I distinctly remember the Disturbed guys, like, handing out flyers after shows and, like, seeing their name all over in the Illinois Entertainer's, like, sell-side listings for Chicago's bars and clubs. But, like, no place good. Like, they weren't playing good venues. They were playing, like, bars and grills and shit, right? Like, just divy venues in, like, Harvey, Illinois. But to their credit, they truly did work their asses off. And when alternative music started to fade in favor of new metal, these dudes were just primed and ready to go while Chicago is mostly known for smashing pumpkins and fallout boy and like the Illinois emo bands like braid and captain jazz and stuff there was this brief moment of new metal coming at you courtesy of disturbed 5.0 soil relative ash stabbing westward they were from Chicago right they were on like tvt weren't they yeah yeah I I just don't know if they ever played shows like that was one of those bands that like hey they're on the radio and they're from here Probably the hardest working band of the genre in uh, new metal in Chicago that played a ton of shows with Disturbed was called Lungbrush, who I mentioned because I recently found out that their singer Roach uh, passed away. And oh, shit. as a uh, young kid in Chicago reading The Illinois Entertainer, uh, Roach was a guy that like we all looked up to. So rest in power, dude. So David Draymond answers the ad, and he has an audition where he just blows the guys away. And, and just like that, we have Disturbed. When asked why they went with that name, Draymond said it had been a name I have been complicating for a band for years. It just seems to symbolize everything we were feeling at the time. The level of conformity that people are forced into was disturbing to us, and we were just trying to push the envelope and the name just sort of made sense. Bullshit! This is the first of many, many words that David Draymond says that are bullshit. Oh. There's a lot of this, uh,
1: and you'll you'll hear some of it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's just a lot of words to be like, it sounded cool.
1: Yeah, it sounded cool. You don't have to, like, force that, dude. He just
0: talks about conformity so much. We're like, we get it. You want to dress in leather. People think you're weird. You don't want them to think you're weird, but you really do want them to think you're weird because it sells records. Nailed it. Nailed it. So they go into the studio to cut this album, The Sickness, with an unknown producer. Johnny Kay was a friend of guitarist Dan Donegan's brother, and he was chosen. So dude had no major experience, but they wanted to go with him anyway, and it ended up launching his career. Wow,
1: I never knew that.
0: Yeah, so before The Sickness, 80% of his credits were on the 1990s releases by 80s hair metal flash in a pan, Enough's Enough. (laughs)
1: Oh, fuck,
0: really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He did, like, five albums, and four of them were Enough's Enough. However, after he did The Sickness, he became in demand, and he did Unloco, Machine Head, Nonpoint, Soil, Mushroom Head, Stained, Trapped, Adelita's Way, Megadeth, and records by perennial Chicago favorites, Kill Hannah, Plain White Tees, and Lucky Boy's Confusion. Holy shit. Right? Wow. The Sickness was released on March 7th, 2000 by Giant and Reprise Records. The album peaked out at number 29 on the Billboard 200, but it did spend 103 weeks on the chart. It never hit number one, but it did go platinum over five times, making it their best-selling album. And this is a band that has sold a lot of records throughout
1: their career. It is astounding. How many records they have sold.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about like their longevity a little bit later, but it is safe to say, without a doubt, that Disturbed is one of the most relevant and best selling heavy bands of all time. There there are some reasons for that. Um, I think David Draymond, uh, who has consistently on lists of top metal vocalists of all time, you'll see David Draymond at like number 35 or whatever. And like, I'm not mad about it. I don't love Disturbed's music, but there's nobody that sounds quite like david draymond like from the get he cut his own style now at times he forgets his own style and he tries to do some other stuff and we'll get into that song by song but this guy he used to get wheeled out on stage strapped to a gurney like hannibal lecter to start their live shows oh and yeah and while that's super cringy now in 1995, that was probably dope. You know, oh, he's doing it again. He's you know, the he, thing. he's going to get yeah. up and sing a song with the word insane in the lyrics five times. You know, mm-hmm. if you know what David Draymond looks like, he's bald. He's wearing some leather contraption and he has two very large and long lower lip piercings that curl under his chin <laughs> like tusks. It's uh, his signature piece, right? To the point that when you listen to an interview with David, you can sometimes hear them, like, clicking together, and it drives me crazy. And you gotta think, like, you have to have those custom-made for the length oh, of your chin. yeah, definitely a custom piece. Yeah, and do they, like, screw in on the inside of your lip? Yeah. And, like, how often oh. do you catch them, like, on your sweatshirt when you put it on?
1: They can only get in the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean... only get in the way. I don't even know what they accomplished that he couldn't have accomplished with just two little spikes. I mean, these things are like four inches long. He looks like a leather daddy walrus, and I just don't understand (laughs) why that was needed. He grew up in Chicago watching Billy Corgan be a fucking weirdo, and he's like, I can one-up this (laughs) guy. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, Draymond is of Jewish descent and attended Orthodox schools as a child, and was actually on a path towards becoming a rabbi. His brother is actually a well-known folk musician in Israel, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah. He continued his education, graduating from Ida Ground Jewish Academy in Chicago in 1991, and then immediately started doing heroin. (laughs) As one does. I guess so. As one does. His girlfriend ODs and dies uh, around this time, and he uh, tries to go follow that same road, but he woke up. And in that moment, he had a moment of clarity. Again, this is just the stuff that he's told magazines. I don't know if any of this is real. He claims that he gets clean in that moment and he heads to Israel to study for a year and he comes back to Chicago and he began a career in, uh, in healthcare, care, uh, which he left to pursue rock and fucking roll, baby. That's the official bio. What are your thoughts, Kevin?
1: Uh, Okay, so his entire Wikipedia bio is a self-edited, self-mythologizing pile of horse shit. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, where everybody else's life and death and everything in between goes towards moving forward the narrative of David Draymond, tortured artist. That's all it is. It's just so infuriating. There's like the part where his grandfather, who's a Holocaust survivor, yeah, yeah. doesn't want him Disowns to... him because he didn't become a rabbi or something. Yeah, but then like he rises above and... Yeah. Shortly know. before
0: his grandfather's death, they made amends.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that I thought was bullshit there was that they noted when he OD'd or when he tried to OD yeah. he he woke up under a nineteen seventy two Oldsmobile cutlass. Yeah. That's that that's a very, very specific detail to remember. Oddly specific. Almost
0: as if his management team scrubbed this page for a biopic. Mm, uh speaking of bullshit, yeah. did you read the part where it talked about his influences? <laughs> No, All right, no, I idea. gotta read this because it makes me so angry. <laughs> when asked about his influences, Draymond is quoted as The first record I ever bought was Kiss's Destroyer, and those classic bands like Black Sabbath were my first loves. I focused on the seminal metal bands like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Pantera, and Queensryche. But I could also appreciate the hair metal bands. When you hear Whitesnake, you can't deny their greatness. Then I went in the direction of Punk and New Wave, groups like the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, the Misfits, and later the Smiths and the Cure. That was my 80s. And then when the grunge revolution happened, it was like a wake-up call. I'll never forget getting my first Nirvana, Soundgarden, and Alice in Chains records. Oh,
1: you mean you liked everything that was popular when it was popular. Cool. He just checked all the boxes of here, all the things that I have to like to show that I'm a well-rounded artist. It is.
0: So he's this dude that has always just positioned himself as smartest guy in the room. And it it just, it's so orchestrated and it drives me crazy because we're going to talk a lot about this first record and the lyrics and how he is not that. And at least he was not that at that time. Uh, Maybe he grew into a more nuanced human being, um, that spoke eloquently and had a message, but he does not on this record.
1: Before we get into the music, I need to address the cover. By all means. Yeah, uh, the cover looks like the world's angriest uncircumcised penis. <laughs> it looks like a pig in a blanket that was made by H.R. Geiger.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be a guy in a straitjacket, but it—it it, it just it's not good. I just don't know why their album covers had to be so bad. Well, just put the band on the cover, get a good picture, dress in your your metal
1: clothes, and ship it. No, no, it, it looks like this crazy gray little micropenis <laughs> is what it looks like. But moving on. Uh,
0: so, um, Voices was the third single off of this record, of which there were four singles. Um, this song is still played at just about every Disturbed show and it often is the lead off track. This is the song that he would come out in, in the Hannibal Lecter getup and then sing this song. So right off the bat, we have like mega new metal energy. Like it is extremely new metal. You have a slap bass going, you have this like effects driven guitar part right before the guitar kicks into your standard new metal hammer on lick. And then Draymond begins his signature staccato vocal delivery. And right away, you know what Disturbed sounds like. It is fast, and it is abrupt, and it is staccato. Like, everything hammers you. And it is unique. Uh, While the guitar parts, you know, sound like the Deftones or Soulfly or anything else, it really is David Draymond paired with that guitar approach that makes this sound I think
1: absolutely yeah it's the David Draymond show oh
0: it really is and I mean nothing against Dan Donegan because I do think he's one of the better guitar players and probably songwriters in new metal because while not all these songs are good they weren't extremely formulaic and anyway like so the chorus rolls around and then you're like oh wait this dude can actually sing sing like David Draymond can sing and then you're for a second you're like is this good wait (laughs) is this good and then right away we have the first goofy disturb movement on the record where he says wake up are you alive will you listen to me i'm going to talk about some freaky shit now like (laughs) how do you take metal guy and his leather get up serious when he's when that's lyric
1: yeah oh look out we got ourselves a badass and like right at the gate he thinks that mental illness as he understands it is like this rust colored badass silent hill mind palace that you you know you become the brooding master of and people are scared of you but drawn to your darkness (laughs) and like It's just, this is a guy who's addressing mental illness and trauma in a way that clearly shows he has no idea what the hell either of those is. Even
0: though he was a professional healthcare worker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Going back to when he gets wheeled out on the electric chair, I watched a September 2000 LRS Fest live in Louisville, Kentucky set from Disturbed. He gets brought out by like these correctional officers and he's in his uh, death row jumpsuit. And there's this audio playing and it's like, we hereby find the defendant, David Michael Draymond guilty. And then they start reading the charges and you really can't hear it. So I just went back and back and I listened to it and I wrote down what the charges are of which he's about to be executed, which are being read to the crowd. 38 counts of first degree murder. 24 counts of statutory rape. Jesus Christ. 13 counts of sodomy, 12 counts of aggravated assault, 10 counts of theft of property, 1 count of treason against the United States. So, like, this is what he thinks is dark and badass. And he, he also just let people know that he's a fucking pedophile. Right. <laughs> that and a right. sodomite. That, that shit would not fly in 2021. No, it would not. <laughs> 13 counts of um. buggery. <laughs> <Like> I... <coughs>
0: So yeah, there's a there's a big breakdown It goes in halftime, which is almost like a mosh part in the song, yeah. which wasn't super common in new metal. It's got your standard spooky voices in the background. Mm-hmm. Look, like, it's not a great song, but it's a solid introduction to the band, and it's a pretty good choice to lead off the record. Uh, agreed. So I was going to talk about all the Disturbed videos, but they're all the same thing, and I just don't care.
1: Yeah, it's just toned scratch the film, horseshit. Yeah. Draymond always has to have on like a straight jacket to show you mm-hmm. how crazy he yep. is, and they do that thing where like the person uh, is standing still but their head is doing the <laughs> blah, 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 <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: that's it. That's it. Ooh, it's spooky
1: and crazy. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's all the same. So let's just jump into uh, the second song, "The Game." The game. The game is the fourth single, the fourth and final single from this album. It starts with some cool industrial vibes. There's a lot
1: of keyboards and some programming. Uh, It kind of reminds me of Orgy a little bit. Yeah. I forget that at that time, Chicago is home to TVT and Wax Tracks, which trafficked heavily in a very specific type of industrial music, which was based around that kind of beat. And it wasn't so much like you think of Nine Inch Nails as being industrial. It was more like Depeche Mode, but just a wee heavier. There was very much like a new romantic vibe kind of going on. That's interesting. And that's why, musically, this sounds like the heaviest ABBA song ever written. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. You're right. You're right. It's heavy ABBA is, is about right. And he's yeah. a bit of a drama queen. They're a dancing queen. And sort of links. Yeah. The chorus, like, continues to reinforce their staccato approach with, like, this really sweet, I'm gonna say it, there's, like, this guitar and double bass assault that's pretty rad, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> and I have to give them a lot of credit that, you know, they, they don't hesitate to show up their own style, they reinforce it in the second song, and I think that's a, a strong thing to do on your debut album. But right after that, we get a meth scat. Yeah. And it's it's not like a scary, tough meth scat. Dude, that's like if Andy Bernard from the office did a meth scat. It's <laughs> like
1: <laughs> <laughs> just me you the OLE 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 ole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just not menacing. It's not threatening. No. Uh, and then as soon as that's over, we get uh, a bunch of slap bass and motion detected Halloween ghost guitars.
1: Oh, yeah. I gotta have They're them. They're all
0: over this album. Like, signature new metal sound. I don't hate it. Stick with what works, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Uh, it ends with a breakdown and the first introduction on this album of good old-fashioned new metal misogyny <laughs> about a lying female, and uh, he calls her a stupid bitch, which, you know, was the fashion at the time.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's just what you did.
0: All right, let's get into the lead off single and the first disturbed that anybody outside of the um bars and grills of the <laughs> South suburbs of Chicago, <laughs> Illinois I ever heard and this song is called "Stupefy." So this song intro immediately takes me back to this time period. Like, yeah. you know those songs that bring you back to like necking with Stacy Smith in the back of the car when you hear a certain song like that's what this is except it just reminds me of driving like my friend joe's dad got dsl internet and a cd burner before anybody else that i knew (laughs) so we went over there and i made this like badass new metal mix cd it had this on it, it had like Last Resort by Papa Roach, it had <laughs> Change in the House of Flies by Deftones, and then a bunch of garbage. But this thing lived in my car for like two years until a sweetheart of an ex-girlfriend gave me some Alkaline Trio CDs and Rock Radio started playing At The Drive-In's one Arm Scissor, which like opened up my brain and started my journey out <laughs> of new Metal. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that Stupify must have been the first track on that CD that I listened to a billion times, because
1: as soon as I hear it, I am there. Yeah, dude, uh this was my introduction to Disturbed, and when I really think about it, I think that this might have been the last new metal album I ever bought. Okay. I'll never forget it was based on this single. I went out and got it. I hadn't heard anything else that they'd put out, but I really, really liked this song. I, I got it from a Best Buy, and the guy who was with me was the guitarist in my old punk band we were just kind of on very divergent paths and I got this album and I put it in, I put this song on and the look of disappointment on his face <laughs> made me really embarrassed. <laughs> it wasn't even a matter of difference of opinion. It was just sheer disappointment. <laughs> yeah, That's, that's, how I was like, I think I'm done with new metal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, this has to be nearing the end for me as well. Mm-hmm. This song uh, stupefies the first single off the record. It hit number 12 on the mainstream rock chart, which is surprising. I thought
1: it did better than that. Yeah. It was also in the movie Little Nicky with Adam Sandler. Uh, listening back now, I have so many issues with this song. So do like, I. So he starts off, he adopts this very like urban street dialect that feels like the way that a white guy would try to make fun of how black people talk. Okay. He's like, "Yeah, bringing it back with another disturbed creation which he never talks like in yeah. any of the other I have to wonder if that's him being like, well, sometimes new metal is rap rock. Do do I do I do that too? Yeah. He does this bringing it back with another disturbing creation and you're just like, the, uh, "Where's this been?" Yeah. But um apparently the song is about a Latina girl who draymond was dating and yeah. the family disapproved of this biracial uh relationship something about this tells me that it wasn't so much him being white so much as it was him being david draymond yeah i mean dude, <laughs> and and i don't i don't believe it anyway like there
0: I, I could scroll these lyrics over and over again and not see anything that talks about racism mm-hmm. what i hear is some serious incel shit David Draymond makes a lot of sounds And we're going to play you some of those sounds (laughs) The the first verse is It's it's incel shit I've been waiting my whole life for just one fuck All I needed was just one fuck And then later on it's Don't deny me Baby don't deny me Oh my god I never put that together Well that's because you you can't tell that he's saying fuck Because he goes I've been waiting for just one (laughs) 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 Fuck
1: Yeah, yeah, and, like, like, there is a part, because I was reading back over this, like, what the fuck is he saying? I
0: thought it was a, a placeholder for a swear word, but if you look up the lyrics anywhere, it just straight up is the F-word.
1: And, and it sounds like a command, where he's like, all the people in the left wing, fuck, and all the people <laughs> yeah. in the right Yo, wing, Well, no, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get
0: to that. So, oh. this brings in the second goofy-ass disturbed moment uh, <laughs> with the second verse. Oh god.
1: All the people in the high rise. Back. And all the people in the projects.
0: Back. All the residents in the barrio. <laughs> <All my laughs> in the barrio.
1: All the people in the projects and all the essays in the barrio. <laughs> all the people in the projects. Fuck. It it sounds like a command. It sounds It like... does. It does. Uh, yeah. Or, or or is he saying like, "Hey, we all fuck." Like, people in the projects fuck just the way that people in yeah, the high-rise yeah. fuck. just
0: usually it isn't this terrifying man screaming it at them. <laughs> I do want to give it a little credit, though, because this song was a big hit and there's reasons why. So I want to go to 245 and play uh, the bridge of this song because it's actually kind of sick. You don't deny me. No, baby, no. So it's got some like wow wow guitars, but I'm yeah. not mad about it. Like I'm, I'm like okay, I'm kind of feel it. Then the song slides back into a chorus, and then at 3:27, he just like the whole thing just tears apart. So this album's bad, but there are times when they lock into a groove, and I couldn't help but kind of yeah. like
1: rock out a little bit. I was, that was one of the only songs where I was like, you know what? If I got like T-boned by a truck right now and died, this wouldn't be so bad. Speaking of that,
0: most unfortunate segue humanly possible. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, right about this time, um, he passed away. God damn it. uh, In a car accident after being T-boned.
1: Are you fucking kidding me, I
0: am dead serious. And I was going to talk about it just because at his funeral, as everybody's like, chain-smoking and wearing our band t-shirts in the parking lot, uh, we called into the radio station and asked them to play uh, Down With The Sickness because that was his favorite song.
1: <laughs> but I so mean, I don't
0: know how you just like anticipated that, and I'm not making it up, uh, but yeah. That's and now we to have think. to
1: leave this in.
0: Yeah. God damn yeah. it. Super weird. Wow. So let's go into that song, <laughs> Down With The
1: Sickness. Oh, God. Yeah, Draymond is really feeling himself on this one. He wants you to know it. There's uh, nothing more cringy than a guy's like, You feel that shit? You scared yet? It's like, No, dude, not really. Yes.
0: So, so this song features the number two and number one goofiest disturbed moments on this record. And it starts off uh, with.
1: <laughs> and there you have it the David Draymond dolphin noise. He howls like a rhesus monkey at a lab whose only experiment is spraying energy drinks into their eyes. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs>
0: he was asked about it, uh, and his quote is, I mean, the song originally was written and just had a pause. Mikey's beat is just so tribal, and you know, it just made me feel like an animal, and the noise came out one day.
1: Oh, fuck you. Right,
0: so I want to play a clip here, but I would be remiss not to include it. <laughs> oh, God. This is a compilation made from YouTube videos of people karaokeing this song, but only the dolphin noise part. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs>
1: Yes, I love it. Roll, roll tape. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> Every bar and grill from the Midwest, I have just magically gone to each of them, and they all look the same. There is always a Touchstones jukebox. Oh, yeah. There is the Budweiser sign. It is empty, and Some wood
0: panels on the walls.
1: Yep, yep. TJs or uh... yeah. There's there's
0: like a, a banner with a Budweiser logo and a NASCAR on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. With the drink yeah. specials. Wow, that is a really really. De- pressing snapshot of so many americans lives that i just watched yeah and uh this is
0: their favorite band (laughs) it really is it really is this song as heard on the radio mind you and as seen on mtv is a pretty solid song it's definitely their anthem it has the big dumb darth vader lyric though where he's like open up your hate and let it flow into me (laughs) which is just so corny It it hits all the good new metal vibes. But there's there's a moment, a really stupid moment. Uh, This part was removed from the video and the radio edit. So unless you bought this album, you've never heard this. So I'd imagine even some of you listening to this have heard this song a million times and never heard this part. So before we comment on it, I'm gonna just play it so you can uh, make up your own mind. Don't do it again Don't do it again I'll be a good boy I'll be a good
1: boy I promise No, Bobby, don't hit me Ow. I damn didn't hit me like that Bobby, don't do it You're hurting me I am the beast bitch Why don't you I get the fuck up and die
0: So that's a thing
1: That's a thing that
0: happened So this is, I mean This
1: is clearly an attempt To have a moment like Corin did in Dead That's my first fucking note yeah. is Like, Jonathan Davis didn't have to tell you how, like, sick and twisted his mind was. He showed you. So, like, every time that this guy says, You aren't ready for how dark it is in my mind. It's so insincere. Yeah, I mean, it's bullshit.
0: Here's my fake emotional trauma on tape. The difference, though, is John Davis was a tortured soul coming off of a meth binge. And David Draymond was just some mental health worker from the south suburbs of Chicago trying to capitalize on a moment and exploit mental breakdowns that he probably saw at
1: work to, like, look like a badass. That goes back to my whole thing about his understanding of mental health. Like, if this is what he wants people to think is, like, tortured and dark and badass, like depression looks like staying in bed till four and then going across the street to the Seven Eleven to acquire your evening's frozen pizza and tall cans of PBR and getting a movie from the red box. And then going back to your efficiency apartment and back into bed and watching a movie on your laptop until you could drink yourself to sleep. (laughs) I know this Nick, because I did this for a year. I can relate so hard. That's what a mental breakdown looks like. Or it looks like the person with shit caked into their pants ranting about literal demons chasing them on a fucking CTA bus. Yep. So the official explanation of
0: this moment is, um, screamed psychodramas and metal hits like Down with the Sickness are merely inspired by personal history, not a literal journal of his own tortured upbringing. Quote, I'm really talking about the conflict between the mother culture of society who's beating down the child, yearning for independence and individuality, and the submission of the child. Fuck you, right? This is complete bullshit. This is, again, what David Draymond does. He writes a stupid lyric, and then he gives you, like, freshman-level psychology homework
1: answers for why he yeah. did it. He backpedals. And also, can you imagine being David Draymond's mother? And being like, my son, he has a number one single. The biggest song in the country. You gotta go listen to it. Sh- Cheryl, go out and buy the CD. Phyllis, go get the CD. Here, I got some extra copies. Go listen. The Sickness. It's the biggest song. It's, it's number one in the nation. And then Don't hit me, it, mommy. mommy.
0: Here it comes. Get ready to die. <laughs> and like... You no one's ever sounded less tough than me and like stop it <laughs> with eating hitting me. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, it's like the musical equivalent of those shirts from Hot Topic that say shit like I'm not weird, I'm allergic to stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is? Oh. This album is
0: extremely front-loaded and from here it just goes to shit. So you, we want to we want to blast through the rest of this thing, Kevin.
1: Well yeah, I mean next up is violence fetish. Violence fetish. This is where he adopts this Jamaican patois that like what the fuck is going on here? He does this uh bring the violence, he's Sunday <laughs> He sounds he sounds like a Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Under the sea. <laughs> with the hot crustacean band, you bring the violence significant. <laughs> so I just never noticed how much he does this.
0: Uh, yeah, but that's like just more of his staccato stuff. My guess is that when he's writing, he's writing syllables and patterns and he goes back and puts words in later. And that's why this comes out that way. It's got some faith no more vibes in the second verse letting like the bass drive the song and like mm-hmm. we're 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 in the filler of the album but it's still catchy and it's still defining their sound and it's still effective in keeping people that liked the first songs listening to this album 100%. Um the next song is called Fear and it has big haunted carousel vibes.
1: Oh my god. It just starts with like this spooky industrial intro. There we go. <laughs> yeah. What is it, a haunted disco? I, I I don't... It sounds like a porno film of that era, but where everyone's a robot in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. This song in particular, so there's a part in it where it's just the huh, huh, huh. and it's obviously the part where he wants everyone to jump. Oh, for sure. Lyrically, there's so much posturing on this song. Even Korn and Limp Biscuit were genuine with their sense of like, self deprecation and the anger was directed just as much inward as it was outward. And this is all about the anger outward. Like you don't get me. It really just feels like jock jams for God. Yeah,
0: I love it. That's, that's exactly what this is. This is also, the song is called fear. And this is when you can tell that like bands get bored when they just jump into the one word song titles. Yeah. So we have fear. Then we have numb. Then we have want, then we have conflict. <laughs> Uh, The next song is called Numb, and my note on this one says, uh, so Disturbed are at their best when they do their big, dumb, staccato Disturbed thing, but when they try Mm. to sound like Tool, they fucking suck, and that's what this song's (laughs) going for 100%.
1: Yeah, we've hit that magical part of every new metal album where it all starts to sound the same, and the one-word song titles are definitely not helping that cause. Yep. You know, he goes into this, uh, his wailing, Yeah,
0: like this uh, Middle Eastern kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, who fucking cares? Yeah, it's
0: not good. I remembered it when I listened to it, but like, it's not a song that r- really stuck with me at all. Um, hmm. The next song is called Want, and it creeps me the fuck out. I don't remember I it. don't either, but the lyrics are awful. So your mind won't let you say that you want me. Your mind won't ever, never let you have what you want. I feel your hunger to taste me. Oh, this is a fuck song. Yeah, but it's another, like, incel fuck song. No, like, your mind won't let you say that you want me. Yeah, because I'm so nice. This is, remember that pop song from about the same time that it was like, I am everything you want, I am everything you need. Everything you want. But I mean nothing oh to God. you and you yeah. don't know why. Yeah, she knows why, bro. She doesn't like oh. you. That song, except he's yelling at her. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to kill her. The, the next song is called Conflict
1: like is there a dj now is where is he this is something that stabbing westward or gravity kills left on the cutting room floor it's the popular thing and they're just front-loading every song with it uh musically i don't mind this but then like draymond comes on he's doing his like jamaican scat man who brings the twisted dark shit (laughs) david draymond says the word
0: enemy 51 times in this song my enemy. every lyric
1: You are and I me You are my hated and me I am and I
0: me And I'm
1: number one rated enemy <laughs> Number one rated enemy <laughs> number one rated enemy. Puyaka, Puyaka. Pro pop pop I
0: wonder <laughs> if he knows that he's adopted a patois yeah You're Your enemy
1: I am number one hated enemy That's what he sounds like He does I, I don't think that it's intentional I think that it's just what
0: came out of it I like it I want to go watch Shotgun now <laughs> The next song on the album is a cover Oh, the first of many god-awful covers That Disturbed oh, is going to shit dude, out Yeah, this is Shout 2000 So this is a shout by Tears for Fears
1: but you have to clarify that's the year 2000, right, because right. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that this wasn't uh, Tears for Fears.
0: I I don't hate it as much as I hate some of their other covers. Um,
1: oh, the Simon and Garfunkel? It's the worst fucking thing of all time. He took two opportunities to shit on Phil Collins with Land of Confusion and In the Air Tonight. Yep. Oh, and then, and then as you sent me, uh, he decided to take his distinct style and just take a hot steaming brontosaurus shit all over faith no more's midlife crisis why can they not leave that song alone it was perfect as it is why do they have to keep going after that song Uh, at this
0: point i would like to encourage anybody listening who has a new metal band to please record a cover midlife crisis by faith no more and send it to kj at (laughs) gmail.com
1: fuck you
0: Kevin gets so upset as when people fuck with that song. (laughs) I just, I can't stand it. I didn't even think that cover was that bad, but I was basing it off of uh, David Silvera's cover.
1: (laughs) I just, Angel Dust is such an important album to me. Why do they have to keep doing this?
0: Uh, I don't know. All right. So let's, let's get into the, some more of the Patois or like street culture or whatever. The next song is called dropping plates. Uh, let me just kick off the intro because this doesn't sound like anything else they've done. So here you go.
1: A little something for your
0: ear hole, get up! A <laughs> <laughs> little something for your ear hole. <laughs> uh, that guitar part and that China symbol, though, that shit plays. Usually Draymond drives the band, he just comes in and ruins this one. <laughs>
1: I just this is the most cringe thing on the album. Like he starts rapping and it's yeah, more of like this. Let's
0: just just go back to yeah. the tape. Disturbed in the house, or dropping the plates.
1: You said it couldn't be done. Told me that it's the kind of battle that just couldn't be won. Okay, so he's rapping, right? Yeah, yeah, no, he's rapping. Also, dropping plates doesn't mean anything anywhere in any lexicon. So yeah, like I think he's
0: plates means records like we're dropping tracks we're dropping plates on your ass it sounds like a crossfit anthem <laughs> like, yeah you're like that's all i do like, dropping weights dropping plates <laughs> like is that a thing maybe i like the part I where guess? it's like plates on your ass bitch plates on your ass <laughs> <laughs> like it, oh we're dro- i just can't i can't with this i guy. mean like, I, I, I that song i used to 100 percent skip when uh when i listened to it All right, the last song in the record, because I can't talk about Disturbed anymore today, is uh, (laughs) Meaning of Life. So this song has more of your big industrial vibe. I'm feeling some nine-inch nails in the very beginning. Uh, But then he he can't not be goofy-ass Disturbed, and he (laughs) sings, I want (laughs) to get psycho! Psycho. Does he say internet psycho? (laughs) (laughs) Is is that the lyric? Internet psycho? Hang on, Let's, let's go to the tape. This is almost
1: KMFDM. I am the darkest one in of <laughs> <laughs> Disturbed fans definitely studied the Blade. <laughs> this is edgelord shit through and through. It's super gross. He gets overtly sexual and
0: tells his audience to scratch his itch and pull his trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he calls uh whoever he's singing to a whore over and over again and then the chorus lyrics are give in give in decide uh and that ends the album it does uh there are some bonus tracks that i just couldn't bring myself to listen to so we're mm-hmm. gonna end it there um this is a big record it set up the rest of their career Um, They went on to have seven studio records, some compilations, sold millions of records, and continue to be the top draw on every state's shitty rock fest. They're a mainstay and a staple on your local rock radio station that also plays ACDC and
1: Metallica. I actually saw David Draymond. One of my buddies was playing Ozfest that year. So I was backstage there, and it was... The middle of the day. And fun fact is that Ozzy, because of his age, he actually closed out the second stage at 5 o'clock before the main stage opened up. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, so they would do the second stage, and that was like Bleeding Through, Between the Barry and Me, and bands like that. And then that ended with Ozzy. Backstage, everybody had to clear out before Ozzy came on, like it was a Wild West gunfight. Like everybody had to go into their bus. And nobody could be backstage oh, wow. at all when Ozzy came through to play. I'm like looking out, like, oh my God, where's Ozzy? And all I see is David Draymond. It is the middle of July. And he has on a pair of leather pants and a sleeveless turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> With his two little stupid little walrus tusks, and he's, like, strutting around but with a black sleeveless turtleneck and leather pants in the middle of July. There's nothing that, that makes me laugh, like, backstage when, when
0: musicians don't just act like one of the guys when they're backstage. Just normal fucking people. Who's who's that fucking dipshit that I used to get in internet fights with? Oh, God. That was in uh, Falling in Reverse, Ronnie Radke. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So, like, there was a festival in Vegas that uh, I had a friend that was working he was working in front of house, and he was like, hey, come come check out the show. So I'm backstage, and Radke lives in Vegas. So he, like, pulled in fast in his Escalade, and everybody has to get out of the way. And then he gets out of the Escalade in his sleeveless shirt, so all his tattoos are showing, with these two giant fucking pit bulls. <laughs> and he's just, like,
1: walking around backstage, like, like he's on the cover of a fucking rap album. Oh, sucks, Jesus dude. Christ, fuck all these people. Uh, the one The one thing we haven't mentioned is the early logo for disturbed Oh the,
0: the like the smiley face
1: <laughs> yeah it looks like a 7th grade drawing of an evil guy inspired by like Todd McFarlane yeah oh yeah yeah it's how you would draw like a twisted evil guy who likes killing in 7th grade and they made this their logo and they called it the guy the guy not only is disturbed so big that they have their own wikipedia but the guy has his own Wikipedia. I don't know how I didn't see that link. I want to tell you a little bit about the guy. All right. First off, he has undergone a number of different uh, incarnations. He's gone from just a face to having a full body, much like the Pringles guy. And uh, he's grown, he's grown stronger and more muscular. Basically he's like the dollar general version of Eddie from Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally the vibe I got. Yeah. I just want to read to you real quick. His powers. Oh, he has powers! Yes, this is from the uh, Disturbed Wiki, uh, and you can find this. Uh, Here are the guy's powers. He has super strength. We know this because he was able to match the strength of an asteroid strike in the Land of Confusion video. He also broke the chains of steel with little effort. Flying. Self-sustenance. Again, no fucking clue. Durability infinitum. He flew at Earth at high speed while re-entering the atmosphere, causing a huge explosion. What the fuck does hey, I that I mean, even these are mean? just all... This is all canon in the DCU, the Disturbed Cinematic Universe. Is this the Zack Snyder's <laughs> cut of fucking Disturbed? Uh, okay, I'm just going to go through the rest. He's got toughness slash evasion. Uh, he took no injury during a fight against the soldiers. Uh, he's got influential stature. He's got auto-reload. <laughs> Space beam... Environmental unity uh, and primordial entity. I don't know what any of those things mean, but somebody took the time to write Some all this. Some
0: huge fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> judged by two fucking nerds who wrote a couple thousand words about Disturbed and then brought it to yeah. you on tape
1: <laughs> right now. <laughs> nah, I, I, I could be spending my Sunday with my wonderful fiance downstairs. I was at a perfectly no. good
0: brewery on a patio. And I came home to, to do this for you people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kevin, uh, what have
0: you been listening to?
1: I have been listening to Ways Away yeah. by the band Ways Away. I believe I sent that you did. to you. I really like it. So this is a, kind of a super group in the way that we would think okay. of a super group. It's got the vocalist from Stick to Your Guns. It's got Serge from Sam I Am. Huh. And it's got the drummer from Boy Sets Fire. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? I had no idea that the dudes from Stick to Your Guns were kind of like in, into this kind of thing, but man, they just kill it. It is if you like that Gainesville sound, if you like big hooks and like, you know, uh gruff sing alongs, it's I can't recommend it enough. Ways away. Cool. I have been listening to a band called PG dot lost.
0: Yeah. Hmm. PG period lost. In particular, their album Oscillate. Um, So these guys are from East Sweden. They describe their sound as Swedish experimental instrumentalism. Whatever. It's like this will destroy you and explosions in the sky. It's like heavy, riffy, instrumental, post-hardcore. And I love it. You sent me that? That's my work Yeah, I I actually made a playlist for anyone interested. You can find it on Spotify. It's called Avoiding Impending Doom. Shit to listen to at your stupid job. Yeah.
1: it's really good I've, it's I've really been really good but
0: uh their whole album oscillate is on this so pg.lost oscillate uh if you're like me and you want to listen to music at work but words distract you this is this is my shit anyway um you can find us on uh, instagram and on twitter at days of the new you can find me on instagram and twitter at nick
1: underscore the underscore knife and you can find me on instagram at k j d e l u r y and you cannot find me on twitter because I, you know what y- you just can't you can't you fucking can't how many of these have, is this our 40th episode if you
0: um record a faith no more cover i will give you kevin's twitter fuck account fuck, fuck 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 bye